So here we are. It's the last Sunday of September, and what a month of September it has been. It has seemed like it's the longest but fastest month ever. But we're here today to receive the word, and I want to somewhat finish up and just begin uh, a series. Uh, we've been talking about the month, September is a month of finality, uh, but also I want to talk to you this morning uh, about the call of God. Amen. There's a bit of ringing in the monitor, just I don't know if you can hear that. But I want to talk to you this morning about the month of finality, about the call of God that's upon our lives. Amen. Amen. Everybody, everyone has to know that we have a calling and we have a purpose that why we are here in the earth. You know, when I was coming up in church, the question always was, as we were coming through youth group, was like, what has God called you to do? Right? And we'd be like, I don't know what God's called me to do. Like, what has God called you to do? Has God called you to do what? And you have to, as a believer, we should be able to answer that calling. Oftentimes, when we talk about what is God's call, yeah, we know we're called to be lights in the earth. We're called to be uh, harvesters and preach the word of God. But there's a specificity that God wants us to understand about what is my exact calling that God has for me. I've got to know why was I born at this time, at this moment? Why wasn't I born in 1800? Why wasn't I born in 1700? But why was I born for this dispensation of time? You see, it's our assignment, it's our calling, it's our mandate to seek that out. The Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And if I'm not knowledgeable about what my calling and my purpose is, then the enemy will cause me to perish. You see, one thing we have to understand is that when Christ went to the cross, he said, it is finished. It's finished. So what does that mean for us? That means that he opened the door to all these riches, to all these blessings, to all these promises. He opened the door wide. The Bible said that the veil was torn. And so we have access to all these great and fabulous things of life, but we don't even really go through the door. We just stand at the door of salvation. And that's great, meaning that Christ comes into our life, we accept him, he washes of our sins, he frees us, we've got our ticket to heaven, amen. But there is more. Because when you start to make him the Lord of your life, then that gives you access to all these things, all these promises, all these things that God says I can be, all these things that he says I already am through him that died for me. And so it's ours to seek out our calling and our purpose so that we can possess all that God has for us in the earth. Because we're already going to heaven, but that's not our end result. You see, Jesus came to bring heaven down to earth, and he brings heaven down to earth through us. And through our yielding and through our submission, through our, our saying, God, I want you to be not only the Savior of my life, but I want you to be the Lord of my life. Meaning that, God, I yield to you. Writers are singing that, God, you're my great defender, defender so much better this way. What does this way mean? This way means that I'm yielded to God's purposes and plans for my life. That I recognize that this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I submit it to God. 
that I submit my mind, that I submit my emotions, that I submit my will, that I submit my way, that I submit my words, that I submit everything for God, for everything that is in me to God, so that I can fulfill my life calling and life purpose. Amen? So this morning, I want to talk about the call of God. Because there's a resting place that we have to come to to say, God, I want to live out the call, the purpose that you have for my life to its full extent. But there's a resolve that I have to come to. There's a place of agreement that I have to come to with God's calling and God's purpose for my life. So 2 Peter, the first chapter and the second verse tells us this. And they're going to have it on the screen. And it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine, as his divine power has given us, given to us all things. Did he say some things, a little bit of things? No, he said that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's already, which means it's past tense. It's already, I already have it. I don't have to go looking for it. I don't have to go praying for it. I already have it. It's like when I go to the store and I have a credit card and then I get to the counter and it says it's already paid for so you can put that away. Let me say that again. It's like when I go to the store and I have my credit card, but I get to the counter and it's already paid for. All I have to do is just walk out with it. That's what he's saying here. He says, I've already given you everything you need to live this life and to represent me in the earth. But he says, this is how it gets unlocked, right? Because you could go buy something, right? I went and bought some new shoes yesterday and I could, I could, have those shoes on the shelf. I keep them in the box. And never wear them. But I got the shoes. They're already paid for. Those are nice shoes, right? I can look at them all day. But what's the purpose of shoes? The purpose of shoes are to wear them out. To show them off. And to say, look, these are nice. Amen. With the promises of God, with everything he's given to us, it's time to take it off the shelf and it's time to wear it so we can demonstrate who God is in the earth. And he says, through our knowledge of him. So it gets unfolded through our knowledge as we come to a knowing, as we come to an understanding, as we come to a purpose of who he is. And how do we do that? By the word of God. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. He says, the knowledge of him who called us by glory. He says, for these, this is what he says. He says, by glory, by which has given us to us exceedingly great and precious promises, by which you have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And those precious promises are for what? That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Right? So when I eat these promises of God, what are the promises of God? That by his stripes I am healed. That's a promise. He said, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. That's the promise. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. So when I open up the word of God and I take it out like an apple and I begin to eat on it, I'm partaking of the promises of God, which infuse me and activate the divine nature that is on the inside of me. Are you hearing me this morning? 
And he says, and through this, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. And this is on our part, church. Because a lot of times we pray, Lord, give me this, give me that. And I think he's shouting down from heaven, I've already given you all that that you're praying for. He says, but there's a work that we have to do because Jesus said, it's finished. The veil is torn. You got access because the blood of Christ covers you. You've been sprinkled with it. So you can approach his throne boldly. And when you approach his throne boldly, you just stand there and say, Lord, I want that because it's already mine. I'm just taking it off the shelf because I see and understand that this is what I need for my destiny, for my purpose, and to live this life. I'm just going in and get that because it's already mine, right? So we have a blank check to walk into his presence and receive all that we have according to our knowledge of him. But this is what we have to do, he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. He's talking to us. He's saying, yes, you've received all that, but you got to go get it. And this is how you go get it. He says to be diligent, to be focused, to be determined, to be intentional, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For these things, if these things are yours and abound, abound, not in, not in little, little pieces, not just shriveled up. No, he said, if you abound, you will be neither barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the question you have to ask yourself is, have I felt barren and I have felt unfruitful? Have I felt empty? When I look at my life, does everything look like it's empty? That means when I look at my life and I wake up and I got no passion. So I hit my alarm 10 times because I'm not excited about getting up for work, because I'm not excited about seeing my kids. I'm not excited about seeing my husband. I'm not excited to meet the day. When I look up and I see my life, does it feel like it's barren and empty? And then when I look at my life again, do I see? Does it feel like it's fruitful, unfruitful? Because if it's unfruitful, then you've got to begin to do all those things that the scripture tells us so that you can feel the passion and the love. But if you don't know your calling, if you don't know your purpose, every day is going to be purposeless. It says, for he, this is why, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted. Meaning that my vision is not farther than my hand. I'm short-sighted. See, God calls us with a vision. It says, write the vision and make it plain. Right? When you're talking about vision, vision deals with not just today, not just tomorrow, but years. God gives us visions that will outlast us. But if I am short-sighted, then the vision I have is only as far as my stomach. Even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brother, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. What does it mean to be sure? It means to be confident. It means to be sure, to have no doubt that one is right. Let me say that again. To be confident in what one thinks or knows. That's what being sure means. That I'm confident that God has called me to do this thing, whether it's to preach, to teach, to prophesy, to evangelize, to tell people my story, to, to, to be a teacher, 
to whatever he's called to do. I'm sure that he's called me to do it, and nobody can tell me. All the doubt is gone now. When I wake up in the morning, this is what I've been purposed to do. And God wants to release a sureness in us today like never before, so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that's the standard that God's going to lift up against him. It's to know what our calling and what our purpose is. Amen? Oh, you can be excited this morning. Come on. It says, therefore, brother, be even more diligent. That means intentional, focused, determined, without apology, without excuse. Sometimes we give ourselves too many excuses of why I can't pray, why I can't read my word, why I can't make it, why I can't fast. You know, I got this work meeting coming up, Lord, and I can't fast today. Lord, I, I don't want to turn my plate down. But to be diligent to make your call and election sure, knowing that God's chose you for today, for now. He said, if you do these things, you will never. Come on. That's a promise. So when the enemy comes with this lie saying, you're not going to make it. You're going to fail. You're going to never accomplish this. When you start out, you're going to stumble and you're going to fall. No, because this is how it works. When you know the promises of God, that's what you use to fight the enemy. Just a little sidebar. So that Ephesians 6 chapter tells us, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Right. And it says to put on the full armor of God. And the Bible says, using the shield of faith, the shield of faith. And the Bible says, and my next verse says this, it says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I can ask myself, if I'm supposed to use the shield of faith to fight off the fiery darts of the enemy, but if my faith is weak, that means my shield is weak and I won't be able to fight off the arrows and lies of the enemy. You hear me this morning? So if I don't get in the word, and if I don't build my faith, and if I don't allow God to strengthen my shield of faith, then every time the enemy throws a dart at me, my shield is going to crumble. My faith is going to crumble. Then I'm going to get taken out by every lie, by every wind. So that's why it's so important that I've got to increase. My point number one is that I've got to increase in the knowledge of the word of God. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how do I hear the word of God? When I read the word of God, when I'm on church, when I'm listening to podcasts, when I'm just letting the word play on my phone, I let the word fill my spirit. My spirit gets strong and my faith gets strong because I begin to know the promises of God. The enemy defeats us many times because we don't know who God says we are. We don't know all the stuff that God has for us. About a year ago, I, I promised my goddaughter to go to Target. And I told her, I told her if I was coming, we're going to Target. She's, she's four. She's three or four at the time. I said, we're going to Target. She loves Target. And she loves Target. Her mom takes her to Target all the time. And so we were, we were and, I, and I didn't say, like, you can get this, get that. I was like, you can get whatever. Get whatever. Her name's Brittany. Brittany, you can get whatever. So we get to Target on, on my last day there. We're sitting riding in the car and I'm pushing in the cart. I'm just walking her down the aisle. She could pretty much grab anything she wanted off there because I'm the Godfather and I only see her maybe like once or twice a year. So I, did, I had a number in my head that I was gonna spend, but not like she would know, but she was, she was passing. She was passing all these things. She was passing the big horse. She was passing the big house. She was passing all these big items. 
the dolls, all her things. She was grabbing like the little stuff off the shelf, weird stuff like, like goop and Play-Doh and all these things. And I'm saying to myself, if I was a kid and I was walking down the aisle, I would be grabbing the big horse, I'd be grabbing the big house. But how many times when we're walking down the aisle, we settle for the lower things instead of what God says we are on the top shelf? There's so many times we feel unworthy, but that's a lie from the enemy. We sometimes get in our feelings, and our feelings deceive us. And we've got to know that we are worthy because the blood of the Lamb was shed for us over 2,000 years ago, and he says we are worthy forever. And so if I do these things, I will never stumble. So I've got to increase in the knowledge about who God says I am. I've got to increase in the knowledge of understanding the word of God so I can rightly divide the word of God. I remember when I was coming up and I was just really seeking the Lord and I was in middle school and there were summers I would just spend reading the word of God. I would just read and I would highlight. I would go to the, to the concordance and I would just look up things in it. But it was the word of God that helped me to sustain me, to build a structure around how I thought and how I believed and how I was going to live this life. Because here's the thing, with often the enemy can trick us by what we don't know. We can fall in the traps and stairs by what we don't know. So you got to ask yourself, how much do you know about the Lord? How much do you know about your relationship? How strong is your relationship? And our strength of relationship is based on knowledge. What do I know about the Lord? Who is the Lord? And some of us, we had to ask, Lord, how strong is my relationship with you? Yes, God loves us and loves us all the same, but we all have different types of relationship with the Lord based on our knowledge of him, based on our seeking, based on our pursuit of him. Right? You, you know, in today's age, you know, they have, they have dating apps, but quite honestly, you just can't walk up to somebody and say, well, you married me, and you don't even know them, unless they got issues. And they're like looking for somebody, and they're desperate. So, so many times we approach the Lord and we don't even know his ways. We don't even know his heart. We don't even know what he's saying about us. But we've got to get in a place where we know the Lord and we are sensitive to his spirit. We're sensitive, sensitive to his wooing because God wants to bring us closer and closer. That's why so many people at the end of the day, they'll say, Lord, Lord, didn't we? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? He said, but he'll say, get away from me because I don't know you. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that place. Amen. So he says, we've got to increase in our knowledge. Point number two, James 2 and 14 tells us this. The second point is we've got to work our faith. He says, but what is a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. dead. Thus also faith by itself, it, is, it does not have works if it is dead. So here's the thing. If I believe that God called me to do this thing, where are my works to accompany what God has said about who he said I'm going to be now? So what does that mean? That if God has called me to win souls, to be an evangelist, and we're all called to win souls, but there's a specific 
calling on your life to go. Are you going? If God has called you to pastor, and I'm not just talking about in a local church, but if God has put a calling of a pastor, how are you pastoring your coworkers? How are you pastoring your family? Are you stepping in and working? Because if my faith, if the word of God brings me and accelerates my faith, gives me that excited faith, and my faith is as big as this room, my faith is as big as a mountain, but I don't have any works to follow my faith, then it's dead. And God wants to bring us to a place of activation today like never before, that we can not only just have faith and believe that now he activates the works of God. Are you ready for that today? Daniel said, they that know their God shall do great exploits. But if you're going to do great exploits, there is work that you have to do. If God has called you to sing, if God has called you to write, if you're not doing those things, it's nice to have those prophecies on the shelf. It's nice to have people say, you, oh, those are nice. But if you're not actively pursuing and being diligent to work out your calling so you can be a workman approved of God, then it's dead. And God wants to bring his church to a greater level of activity like never before. And so he says, faith by itself, without works, is dead. So I'm praying today that God would stir our hearts to a greater level of activation. And my last point this morning is that you have to activate yourself daily by doing what God said for you to do. What is going to bring life what is going to bring fruitfulness? What is going to end your barrenness? Is when you activate the gift of God on the inside of you. When you step into your calling and purpose. Many of us, we get stagnant because we don't begin. and We don't activate daily and walk in our calling of who God says we are. Many of us, we struggle and we fight. Because we don't follow and do what God has called us to do for our calling and our purpose. And you look around your life and you say to yourself, is this it? Is this all there is? But I want to tell you, no. For God's promise is said that he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think or imagine. That is what God has for his people. So he tells us, he told Timothy, the second Timothy 1 and 5, this is, what, this is what you have to do. Paul had to remind Timothy. He said, I, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it's also in you. And this is what he says, and this is what I'm telling you this morning. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. To stir up the gift of God that is, that is in you. What gift is he talking about? The gift of prophecy, the gift of helps, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of serving. It's those gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. And he wants to shake us today. He wants to awaken us today. And he wants to activate us today to a greater realm of understanding and walking out our purpose and our calling so we can be sure because we are powerful. We are overcomers. But if we don't activate our faith, God will find somebody else. 
Because he says, many are called and few are chosen. And the ones that get chosen, they're the ones that stay diligent. They're the ones that stay faithful. They're the ones that are persistent. They're the ones that are intentional. He says, therefore, I remind you to serve the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And he says, verse 7, it's not on there. He says, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a love and power and a sound mind. And so this morning, I've got to stay activated by doing what God has called me to do. I've got to stay activated in, in my calling by knowing what the sureness and being sure about what God has called me to do. Why? Because there's people depending on the gift of God that he's placed on the inside of you. There's people waiting for you to be revealed. As we've come into this month of finality, the final thing we've got to come to a close on is that God has called me, God loves me, and he's called me to be an influencer, and he's called me now. Not tomorrow, not next year, but now. I don't know if you can hear the alarm bells of heaven ringing, that there's an emergency in the atmosphere for the people of God to rise up and step into their calling, and the full force and power of the resurrection power that resides on the inside of us now, today. I don't know about you, but I'm saying, God, I want to step in the fullness of your spirit, whatever it takes, whatever I have to let go, whatever I have to pursue. If I have to fast and pray 90 days, Lord, whatever you call me to do is that the fullness of your spirit can come out of my life now. Yes, yes. Is anybody ready for that today? Amen. So what does God want to do this morning? God wants to activate us to a greater realm of understanding to a greater place of our calling to a greater place of his purposes and this morning i want to pray and i want to lay hands and release an impartation this morning of a fresh deposit of god's presence i want to come in agreement with god's calling on your life you see when you come into a place of activation that means there's things that get deactivated that means that fear gets deactivated, doubt gets deactivated, oppression gets deactivated. Whatever needs to be deactivated gets deactivated when you begin to activate the call of God on your life. I'm telling you, there's some days I get up here and I don't feel it at all. I would rather be laying in bed just like everybody else. But you know what? I say, God, when I get in my calling, there's a fire that comes upon me. There's a glory that comes upon me. There's a press and a push that comes upon me. And it pushes me out of myself. But it takes getting in our calling. It takes getting in our purpose. It takes saying, God, I'm going to be activated today because what I have is not enough. And what I know is not enough, but I need more of you, God, to be filled up in me. God, I see this room full of things, these treasures of heaven, these promises, and I'm going to be diligent to take everything off the shelf so that it can come in my life, so I can be the light, so I can be the presence, so I can be the power of demonstration. Isaiah said, I and my family have become a sign and a wonder in the earth. Does anybody want to be a sign and a wonder in the earth? Does anybody want to be a sign and a wonder in the earth that when people know you at the end of your life and they say they live their life for God and like Paul said, I've been poured out like a drink offering that my life has been poured out like a drink offering and that everything that God said they could do, they did it. 
that everything God spoke about their life, they accomplished it. And they'll say, mission accomplished. But there's a place, a greater place of activation that the Holy Ghost wants to stir up in us this morning, church. Because the destiny for our lives individually, for the destiny of our lives corporately, for the destiny of the city and for this region depends on us stepping into the calling that God has for us today. And that's you. I want you just to stand up on your feet and say, God, I want a greater activation and a greater stirring of the gifts that are on the side of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a fresh glory that's going to fall upon us this morning. I just want you to clear your mind. I want you to just clear your heart. It's a fresh impartation. just want you to, to extend your hands. And as Elizabeth sings this song over you, God, and I decree and I declare a greater stirring, God, 
I decree and declare a greater activation. I decree a greater demonstration out of every person this morning, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that the windows of heaven have been opened up upon their minds, God, that you can cause their capacities to receive a greater understanding, God, a greater knowing of your word, God, as they grow and they come into a greater place of increase of who you are, God. I decree and declare, God, that you're moving things out of the way, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, out of their hearts and out of their minds, God. And I decree and I declare this morning, Father, God, that you're causing a space to open up in their spirits to receive a greater glory, God, to receive and walk in a greater activation this morning, Father, like never before, Father, I decree and I declare, Father, that God now, God, that you're going to give us the strength and the power and the ability to walk in the works of God, to demonstrate the acts of God. God, we've got faith. God, now give us the opportunities and the strength and the power and the boldness to be released upon us to walk in the works and the acts and the demonstration of God, I decree. And I declare that, Father, right now, God, the power of your spirit this day, God. And I decree and I declare, God, that there's an activation coming upon each and every one of us this day, God, for the great gifts of God that you stir up on the inside of us, God. I decree and declare that the prophetic gift is being stirred up in this house like never before. Father, I decree and I declare that the gift of faith is being stirred up in this house like never before. Father, I decree and I declare that the gift of miracles is being stirred up in this house like never before. Father, I decree and declare that signs and wonders are being stirred up in this house, Father, like never before, God. I decree and I declare that the power and the demonstration of God is being stirred up on the inside of us that the gifts are being stirred up in us, God, like never before, Father. I decree and declare, God, a greater activation for the things of God, for the spiritual things of God, for the blessing of God that is on the inside of us, God. And I speak it forth in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree and I declare that the angel of the Lord has been released, God, to make a way, to bring a clearance, to bring a deliverance bring us to a new place this morning, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. And I decree and I declare that the cement of God and the foundation of God is being poured in us, God, as you've established us in a surety of our calling and our purpose, that now, God, I decree and declare, God, that we shall be steadfast and unmovable in the things of God. I decree that we shall be steadfast and unmovable in the things of God like never before, God. And I decree and declare an establishing and establishing on the inside of us, in our minds, in our hearts, in our emotions, in our spirit this morning. In Jesus' name. And I decree it. And I declare it. It is done, God. I decree it. And I declare it. It is done. I decree it. And I declare it. It is done. In the mighty name of Jesus.